On today's show, American Express fined $15 million for third-party oversight failures. Reminds me of the time my parents failed to provide oversight during my third party in high school. It was a total rager. Some regrets, but good times. You are listening to the Crowd Effect podcast, where we ask the question, what simple steps can regular people like us take to fix our broken financial system? I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. The office of the comptroller of the currency on Tuesday fined American Express $15 million for failing to oversee a third-party affiliate used for retaining small business credit card customers. The OCC found that American Express did not have adequate controls in place to ensure that its third-party affiliate was complying with customer identification program regulations. Now, these are the regulations to prevent money laundering and terrorist financing. The OCC also found that American Express engaged in unsafe or unsound practices by making false or misleading representations to small businesses, customers, in an effort to retain them. As part of the settlement, American Express agreed to pay the fine and to implement a number of corrective measures, including improving its oversight of third-party affiliates, implementing new training for sales employees, and providing customers remediation as appropriate. American Express said in a statement that it takes the OCC's findings seriously and that it has fully addressed and remediated the agency's concerns. American Express agreed to a consent order with the OCC without having to admit or deny guilt. This prevents uh, the details of the investigation from becoming public, as well as making this matter disappear very quickly by simply wiring $15 million to the Department of the Treasury. American Express has agreed to implement a number of corrective measures as part of the settlement. The OCC will continue to monitor American Express's compliance with the settlement terms. Now, the lack of oversight can victimize small business owners in a number of ways. For example, they could steal customer data, open fraudulent accounts, or charge unauthorized fees. Without proper oversight, third-party vendors may be able to make false or misleading representations to small businesses, like promising unrealistic returns, failing to disclose fees, or misrepresenting the terms of a contract. The third-party vendors may provide poor service to small businesses, such as being slow to respond to customer inquiries, making reckless mistakes, or failing to meet deadlines. Finally, it can lead to financial loss for small businesses. For instance, they may be charged unauthorized fees, lose customer data, or have to pay for services they didn't even receive. The lack of oversight of a third-party affiliate can victimize all of us by allowing a terrorist organization to finance their operation using a credit card that didn't follow customer identification 
regulations. Okay, so American Express, for the most part, appears to be a responsible financial service company, uh, <clears throat> a service company. According to the Violation Tracker Project, which has been tracking all corporate fines and penalties since the year 2000, found that American Express has been penalized only $413 million in the last 23 years. Now, that may seem like a lot, but compared to Bank of America, uh, who was fined $589 million in 2022 alone, American Express starts looking like a golden boy. So the financial service industry is the most abusive industry uh, in this country by a long shot. Uh, to put that in perspective, um, the financial service industry has been penalized $377 billion since the year 2000. So that's more than the pharmaceutical industry, more than the oil and gas industry, and more than the chemical industry combined. In fact, if you take the second most penalized industry and add up all the penalties uh, uh, through the 10th most penalized industry, it still doesn't add up to the $377 billion that the financial service industry uh, has been penalized. So we are living in a financial system that is completely broken. And it doesn't seem that these fines and penalties are really doing much. Uh, yes, I'll, I'll step back from that. They are uh, doing something. Uh, it, it does uh, prevent these um, uh, unethical behavior uh, it, it slows it down a bit, but it doesn't prevent it from happening. Um, and, and ultimately, what the problem is, is that the, the fines and the penalties, they don't get at the root of the, the problem either. And, and, and this is what the, the root of the problem is. Now, many of us have probably thought about a way uh, publicly traded corporations are designed, which, you know, all these financial service companies, the, the banks, they're all designed with a corporate bottom line that looks to maximize profits for their shareholders. Um, and every quarter, they issue quarterly reports that uh, say what their uh, prior quarter uh, profits were, and they also give uh, projections for future. And if they look uh, great, then a big bonuses for the banking executives. If not, then the shareholders have a legal right to fire the, the banking executives. So it creates this immense pressure to constantly increase quarterly profits, um, both for with financial incentives and uh, the fear of losing your job. And it doesn't matter if you uh, fine a corporation, it doesn't take that pressure away. Uh, so what ends up happening, it's, it just makes the pressure uh, even more so because regulations and, and fines uh, make it more expensive for the business to operate. Now, I'm not saying that these companies shouldn't be regulated or fined. You know, people should should be held accountable for their actions, and we can't let unethical behavior uh, just happen. Uh, but it, it doesn't stop them from. Uh, 
having this pressure. And once a regulation happens and a fine happens, well, now uh, the, the company and the employees get creative with increasing their profits. And it leads to unethical behavior like double dipping uh, their fees, um, uh, charging, hitting costs, misrepresenting contracts, trying to fool people into uh, staying their customer. So all these these uh, regulations, as well intended as they are, it's not addressing the root of the problem, which brings us to what simple steps can regular people like us take? Well, corporations, all corporations, all companies are designed in something called the private market. Now, the private market is, is has been uh, reserved exclusively for accredited wealthy investors or institutional investors. And so it's just a handful of people that are um, designing these corporations and they're doing it with the intention of making as much money as possible. So if a founder of a company wants to go a certain direction and they take money from uh, venture capital or an institutional investor, well, now they have leverage over that founder saying, hey, uh, this isn't going to be as profitable. Your direction isn't as profitable as the direction we want to go. We're going to stop funding you if you don't go our direction uh, by increasing our profits. So it, it allows uh, these, these wealthy investors, the institutional investors, to dictate uh, how these companies are formed. And it ends up happening, uh, forming uh, corporations that really are only looking to maximize profits for their shareholders. Uh, this is what's going on in the private market. And regular people are, are locked out. We're, we are not legally allowed to make investments in this market. We aren't legally allowed to help design uh, these, these corporations until recently. In 2015, Regulation A plus was passed. And in 2016, Regulation Crowdfunding was passed, which uh, allowed the general public access to the, the, the private market via crowdfunding. Uh, okay, so I am uh, an investment advisor and I'm a fiduciary, which means that I am both legally and ethically obligated to look out for my client's best financial interests. Now, I think it's in my, best, in my client's best financial interest to invest in the private market and not in the public market. Uh, the public market um, is in decline. The stock market, which is the stock market, it's in decline. Uh, a paper released just this year by McKinsey and Company has has data showing um, stock markets uh, declining. Uh, they they took the data from the 90s and and they looked at the 2010s and they saw big drops in. Um, uh, the return that's happening. And so uh, there's been a big shift from uh, these institutional and accredited investors to, to put money in the stock market and, and instead to shift it into the private market. Uh, and But, but the, the thing is, the private market's very risky. Um, startup companies almost always fail. Uh, so this is why the government, the SEC, uh, was locking out uh, regular investors because it is so risky. However, with regulation crowdfunding and regulation A plus, you don't we it you you can invest in the private market 
with very a little money. Um, so there are uh, some uh, uh, crowd investing platforms where you can participate with a little with as little as ten dollars, uh, which allows you to be incredibly di diversified. And now you can uh, you don't need a, a ton of money to to be able to be diversified. You just need a small amount, and now you can get the, the reap the returns that uh, institutional investors and banks have been making for decades. Uh, so this does a number of things. Also, uh, there's something called equity crowdfunding, which is when a large group of regular people uh, pool small amounts of money to fund startups. Now, uh, because so many people can uh, participate in a crowdfunding campaign, an equity crowdfunding campaign, there isn't this small cabal of investors dictating the founder uh, of what to do. A founder now can just live out its mission. And most people, uh, most entrepreneurs, they're, they're not doing it just for the money. They're, they're doing it because they want to solve a problem. Uh, and, and, and this is a way for people to uh, invest and fund companies that look out for all stakeholders and not just the shareholders. So a stakeholder is anyone that has an interest in the success of a business. So uh, for example, uh, this could be the company's customers and employees, uh, the company's vendors and suppliers, investors and shareholders, uh, the community the company serves, uh, the environment in which the community operates. These are all stakeholders. And now we can now um, build and design companies that look out for all uh, of this, all of the stakeholders, and we get to profit from them. Um, there's something also within crowd investing called crowd lending. This is when a large group of people can pool small amounts of money to fund a loan. Uh, and this is a way where regular people can compete with banks. Uh, so, uh, and again, instead of the, the money going to banks when they're collecting the interest payments, uh, it now comes to us. And so it's a way to erode this wealth and power that these institutions have. They're just far too much uh, power. So I, I was talking about regulations earlier and, and how uh, the fines, we, we need to hold these uh, uh, you know, banks accountable, these uh, abusive banks accountable. Well, um, if if all of these regulatory bodies get together, uh, you know, the SEC and the uh, Office of the Comptroller of the, Cons uh, the Currency and uh, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and just hammer Bank of America with just a massive, massive fine, you know, billions and billions of dollars worth of fines, um, well, it jeopardizes this bank now from failing. And we know now Bank of America is too big to fail. Uh, it would cause devastation. So we're relying on uh, abusive and unethical institutions as the backbone of our economy. And crowd lending is a way to erode that wealth and power and bring it to us, to, to regular people. It is a market-based redistribution of wealth. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know the three secret steps to fix our broken financial system democratically without confrontation or divisive political action, 
go to stakeholderenterprise.com.